0: Start your engines. And join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available
1: now.
2: In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's Wow Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Drag Race the best drag we win, drag we win. And so much more. Subscribe to WoW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV.
1: I'm Matt McConkey. I'm a writer, performer, and host of this podcast about and just like that. But now that we've recapped both seasons of the show, I couldn't help but wonder, should I go back and cover the original Sex in the City? The answer, of course, is no, but I can't be stopped, so every week I'll be joined by my very own Mirandas and Charlottes to unpack an episode or movie of their choosing. We're doing Sex and the City Roulette with extra Samantha and none of the Che. And just like Matt, welcome to the show. Folks, as you know, we're going to be jumping all over Sex and the City in no particular order, quantum leaping across different episodes, different seasons. But today we are going back to the beginning. We're going to be discussing the pilot. So here is HBO's synopsis for Sex and the City, season one, episode one, which is called Sex and the City. New York City sex columnist Carrie Bradshaw and her friends vow to stop worrying about finding the perfect mate and start having sex like men. Carrie meets Mr. Big, Miranda warms up to Skipper, and Samantha has a one-night stand with a man Charlotte wouldn't sleep with on the first date. So much to process here, but I will tell you my epiphany, and that is that some of us are Carrie's, some of us are Miranda's, and some of us are Jessica's and today I'm joined by two of them. First up, she's a writer performer. She has served as a consulting producer on three seasons of Hacks, and she is, of course, the iconic Rana of the Ask Rana podcast, Jessica Chaffin. Hello.
2: Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Matt, it's lovely to see your beautiful face. It's so Uh lovely. Can I still compliment men on their faces?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was talking about how upset I was that we're not using the Zoom today because I always have the filter turned all the way up and we're on Riverside. You're faced with a more realistic me, unfortunately. Anyway, moving (laughs) along to another beautiful face. She is a TV writer and producer. She's written on Rick and Morty, Silicon Valley. She created an executive produced She-Hulk attorney at law. Jessica Gao, welcome.
3: Hello. So happy for this Jessica representation finally. Finally.
2: And you have to understand that these Jessicas in some yeah. ways started started their journey in this town together. My yep. very first writing job that I ever had was also Jessica Gao's very first writing job. And Is we that met right? And mm-hmm. fell in love and formed the band The Jessicas on that show. Writing what show for is Amy, it for Amy Poehler's uh, Mighty B on Nickelodeon. Oh. Jessica has obviously gone on to much, you know, bigger and better things. And, you know, <laughs> I'm working on that on that slouchy Max program. <laughs> I was watching? But um, but really, uh, it was a real I would say it was a little well, it was love at first sight for Jessica. Yes. Which Jessica? I can't say. <laughs> but, uh, and then the other well, Jessica but, took a little time to warm up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gao did say to me when I told her she was going to be on with you, she was like, you're going to see the rare, I mean, I, listeners, I know Gao also from working with her and I know her as, um, you know, uh, more of a dominant energy, I guess. And she was like, you're about to see the rare instance in a dynamic where I'm the submissive beta. And I was like, baby, let's go. <laughs>
2: No, it's just alpha and baby alpha. It's not, there's no beta here. (laughs) It's just a couple of alphas. Uh, and then like, you know, she, it just so happened that she was younger. So she needed, she needed a little bit more alpha training, but I like to think that I helped, I helped polish the diamond that we see before us. Yeah. and not and i don't mean in terms of her talent in any way i just mean in terms of her shopping and her there her, we go those kind of habits yeah. nothing there's nothing i could do to help jessica improve in any way as an artist just as a shopping artist
3: i was uh, as a was lifestyle raw.
2: as a lifestyle artist
3: <laughs> i was raw exactly predator was. material and she turned me into an apex predator
2: but she knew, she knew she wanted the, the, the knowledge. She knew, right. she was like, tell me what you have to give and and let's go buy expensive soap together or
1: whatever. <laughs> you created such a monster. I, I I coined a term when we were working on bajillion dollar properties, that simply uh, uh, it's kind of, it's a mantra and it's how to gal. And it's just mm-hmm. sort of oh. like, because she is someone who knows how to live, especially from like a consumerism point of mm-hmm. view, but in general, it's like she does have an answer to everything. She's always got a guy, but that also applies to you, Jaffin. But that's
2: because oh, but I hasn't figured Chaffin. out even. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. but Gao actually innately has it all figured out much more than she's much more of a grown up than me, which people would be surprised to hear. But she is much more fiscally responsible, and you know, it's funny though because I was watching this not to go, but, but this did occur to me as I was watching the pilot and I was like, Oh fuck, I'm a Miranda. (laughs) And I, and I was like, no, and not in a good, like more in the, like I spent my (laughs) twenties and thirties. If a man (laughs) dared talk to me being like, what, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and I got like, you know, we could spend the next 20 years trying to unpack why that was. But yeah. just watching her talk to uh what's his name? Skipper, it's Skippy or Skippinger or whatever his name was, um, in the bar, I was like, oh my god. Like I was having like PTSD about that's how it must have been to have a drink with me in a bar on <laughs> Hudson and West. 14th in like nineteen ninety eight or whatever yeah. whatever year, but I'm so curious who Gao identifies with, not who she wants to be, but who she actually is.
1: Yeah, because well, she's coming sorting, into this. This
2: is the Sorting Hat before the Sorting Hat. Yeah. Let's just get yeah, that yeah, yeah,
1: of course. Yeah, and she's yeah. coming in with very fresh eyes. Gao, am I right that this is the first episode of Sex and the City you have ever seen?
3: Yeah, I okay, so I am a, a psycho who has never watched the show but i did watch the movie <laughs> and so strange i know it's crazy but also but i do feel like through like cultural osmosis i just know so much about the show that it wasn't like i was yeah. lost you know like you just couldn't yeah. escape it and everybody talked so i knew who all the characters were i knew what the personality types were just as i feel like most people probably know the harry potter houses even if they're not harry potter fans you know and mm-hmm. i caught like snippets of episodes because sometimes you know I flip on to HBO and then maybe I'd watch like 10 minutes of an episode like because there are some partial episodes that I do remember like I might have watched like a few scenes or something but this is the first like full episode of me like sitting down and watching the actual show and watching a full episode from start to finish
1: and how do you feel
3: I I wrote down a bunch of notes you guys Oh, I okay, can't, well, we'll as did I. I, can't of them. wait, I, I, can't I will not
1: I mean, just big picture, Chaffin, what was your relationship to the original the show, show at the
2: time? You know, it's funny because it's definitely my era, but I don't remember feeling, I, I feel like I watched every episode of it because I watched it because it was on, whatever it was on, like before The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it was on television. And, you know, (laughs) you know, contrary to all the work I've had done, guys, I grew up watching television when it was on, not Mm -hmm. when I decided it was on, um, and, or on my phone or whatever. Uh, but I never, and I lived in New York, you know, at that time and meaning like in that time in my life. Mm -hmm. And, but I, don't remember feeling like it ruled me, like that it was like, oh, I, this is me, or I see myself reflected in this, or whatever. I remember thinking it was a really fun romp. But as I said to you, Matt, I don't know if I remember one episode, and I feel like I know so many people that are like, you know, the one I remember <laughs> actually is the one where she leaves her shoes outside the door to party, and somebody steals her shoes, Timonial. and like that just got. Under my skin, like that, like that, because that was life in New York. You know that you're like these shoes, because you're like, no offense, but you know, my mom bought me these shoes, or you know, like I, I'm keeping these shoes. You know, it's not like oh, 400 pair of you know of Chuck Chuck Taylors or whatever. But um, but yeah, so I didn't have like a a great library for it. But watching the pilot, like boy, did that boy, was that interesting to be taken back to, like to see what this thing was, what it started as, and then what it became. Yeah. And and weirdly, I was thinking about Matt Perry, like just because the ubiquitousness of friends, or ubiquity, I guess is the word, of friends also, as Jess was saying, like, have I ever called you Jess? No. I think I've only ever never. called you Jessica Gow <laughs> or little sister, and I'd <laughs> like that to be edited out immediately. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, but as she was saying, it's like you couldn't avoid it. And I feel the sort of the same way about Friends, which is like yeah. I kind of watched it maybe when I was cooking or doing homework or or whatever or when it was on tuned in because it was fun to watch. But it didn't like it never took took me over like it took over some people. It I guess I was too busy big. doing that... improv. Oh, boy. Yeah, in, you were living. The bowels of UCB at the time. Yeah, that's probably what I was busy doing, basically. Well, let's,
1: let's get into it. You know, I hadn't seen this in a long time and forgot that we open with this vignette that is not Carrie or Miranda or any of our characters. It's this no. little New York love story about Elizabeth and Tim, and Elizabeth has just moved here from England, even though she's England, Australian.
2: But you didn't even bother casting somebody who'd do an English accent. <laughs> didn't
1: even bother. She didn't they, even
2: bother trying. She was no. like,
1: eh. And, and then it made me That's think how you because- know,
2: like what were they really expecting from this show? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? Like even, and also just the opening, I'm so curious because it is one of the great openings. Like it does sort of encapsulate the whole show. Yeah. And stayed that way for a very long time, that opening. And you're like, oh, it's selling so much of the show, the opening. now, oh, yeah. You know, shows don't really do that so much anymore, except She-Hulk. She-Hulk- <laughs>
1: I mean, of course, that's yeah. my, what well, my next companion yeah. podcast is yeah. about. Yeah. I the the you know guy breaks up with her for it's like this you know they're they're falling in love they're looking at places together and then suddenly he ghosts her and then we never and I guess the sort of moral of the story is like that's how people break up in Manhattan baby but I did think like did he break up with her because she's a con artist who's pretending to be British when she's clearly <laughs> Australian the only reasonable explanation.
2: Yeah, took him a couple weeks to cotton on, but Mm -hmm. I was just
3: wildly confused. For a second, I thought for a second I thought I clicked on the wrong show, and I was like, "Oh, is this the Sex (laughs) and the City like prequel? Like that's about them Mm -hmm. being young?" Um, And then I was like, "Wait, am I thinking about Gossip Girl now?" And uh, like, like I, I actually stopped it and double checked to make sure that I clicked on the right thing. And then watch Yeah, I
2: was just, I was so distracted by how the fashions are the fashions again.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
3: Like, like
2: they're terrible, but like that strappy though, that shoe will thankfully, hopefully never come back when they show them doing footsie under the table. And Mm -hmm. it's like some sort of weird, like, you know, hexagonal toe with (laughs) a, I mean, I don't know, maybe it already is back, but yeah, she was wearing like a strappy prod a knockoff number and i was like wow and and like updos which weirdly are seem to be back also yeah
3: and do people play footsie in real life i only i feel like i only see it in tv and in film
2: i can't imagine what it i was i watch it and i'm like and what does it do for you i can't i can't (laughs) like oh my toes are an erogenous zone you know i get it's just i'm always like then what like, I, I guess if the foot keeps going, you know, yeah. that we got something to talk about.
1: I just had a flashback to someone trying to play footsie with me and just how wrong it felt. And, and it was, like, also, like, man-on-man footsie is not something anyone wants. This guy <laughs> took off his shoe at a table, and there were other people there. And so he was trying to covertly sort of, like, share mm-hmm. Sharon Stone my up my, like, pant leg with his, like, socked, Foot. Oh no! And I was like, "What on earth?
3: <laughs> do you think all, is going
1: to happen here?"
3: Anyone who takes off their shoe in a restaurant should go to jail immediately. It's oh,
2: disgusting! It's terrible. I couldn't agree more. Uh, by the way, Could you like, both go barefoot
1: on planes, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I only fly in flip flops. Everyone knows that.
1: <laughs> And Gal controls the, the screen with her toes. Oh, yes. That's yeah. how I swipe.
2: Well, she can. She
3: can. But... <laughs> with my with my prehensile feet. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, just overall, like, watching this, sh- like, pilot, to me, felt like watching Iron Man 1 for someone who's never watched, like, Marvel movies, but for some reason, mm. like, only watched Endgame. It was very weird. Like starting off and just being like, oh, this is the stuff everyone's been talking about for however many years. And like, but also feeling like I'm watching the origin story of all these characters that have like evolved.
2: Yes. Well, and it gave me the creeps too, because first thing I want to say is are you contractually obligated to... Um, make all comparisons to Marvel (laughs) properties. That's the first question I have. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's in the uh, 400 page contract Mm -hmm. they give you. But my other thing is like, not to skip to the end, but when Samantha sleeps with Charlotte's date, I felt so upset about it. Cause I was like, now what are we going to do? Like knowing that we know this group of friends for so long, I and my guess is the next episode just starts because like this was probably a pilot and it was you know mm. I'm curious how much changed I feel like plenty um, I because Carrie know stopped this. talking to the camera didn't she Well she no that lasts, for, camera, that lasts
1: longer she? than you remember because I uh-huh. we I think collectively we have tried to sweep the camera talking to camera thing under the rug it's crazy. but it goes I think it lasts until season two
2: I see they do it the whole first season
1: Yeah and yeah. I remember not like in my memory, it's always like, well, that's when things really take off. It's like she stops talking to camera. We, you know, we've cleaned up our act a little bit, but I didn't hate that device.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, watching it with fresh eyes. I was really
3: surprised by it because that I didn't know that about the show and it didn't seem like everybody that was part of the conversation whenever people talked about the show. So I was very surprised. Like the first time that she did it, I thought maybe it was kind of a mistake or something or like a one-off. And then <laughs> she did it so much more like at, towards the end of the episode. And, um, and I, it was like, Oh, I didn't realize this was a part of the show. So I guess it's not.
1: The format becomes like, she's writing her column and it's, it's yeah. bookended yeah, by yeah, voiceovers like that's what and yeah. she's kind yeah. of narrating the, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I do feel like they learned I mean, you know, I'm just looking up. I meant to look up the director, so I'm doing that right now. Oh, it's Susan Seidelman. Directed, yeah, and I'm like desperately seeking Susan and
1: She Devil. I love oh. She Devil. I knew you were going to say that. I just instinctively <laughs> knew that is a gal movie. Yeah, if yeah. I have ever seen one.
2: Um. Yeah, I think that. uh... This show, and again, I guess, like a Seinfeld or like a Friends or a show that just lasts and becomes part of the cultural, you know, atmosphere or ecosystem or whatever, they they evolve. They yeah. because they get the chance to, I guess, like they stay on. People decide they love the characters or the world or whatever it is, and so it was kind of jarring to be like, oh yeah, this is how it started, and then it became it this other thing, yeah.
1: Although I the when we have our first sit down we meet the girls properly we have the quartet at, I think that's lucky Changs for Miranda's birthday mm-hmm. like their yep. their POVs are pretty clear and like the they do stay pretty consistent to this day
2: yeah they're just they're well it's basically like a single camera sitcom right yeah like they just are who they are and they do the same thing over and over and over again and even like when they grow they almost like reset at the beginning of every episode.
1: Yeah. And Charlotte's, uh, you know, arguing for love and Samantha's arguing for sex and Miranda's kind of arguing that men are terrible, just arguing in general. (laughs) And Carrie is a little bit of of all (laughs) the above. But then they have this, it's interesting thinking about the like, Kind of pop feminism that's presented here with Samantha mm-hmm. has this speech about how, like, you know, women finally have the same power as men for the first time. We can have sex without getting attached. And I do think this was edgy for 1998, but it in a weird way, it feels like so that was something kind of new. But then the world kind of just stayed there because it still, still feels like a lot of sh- not She Hulk attorney at law, obviously, but a lot mm-hmm. of shows are still kind of doing this thing where it's like, get this, this woman character, her thing is like, she doesn't want to get married. And executives are like, oh yeah, that'll blow their minds, baby. (laughs) It
2: it is, it is corny in some way, or it's like, I don't know, not depressing, but like, you just sort of, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was, weird to th- have to think about those things like mm-hmm. but I think that it's true that these things never really these conventions never like things come in and out of vogue but these kind of traditional conventions never quite disappear yeah about will you be married or or what your expiration date is that guy's like then you may then you marry a woman who's 35 and then what are you gonna do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it was, and it was like, and I was like, I mean, I don't know, like (laughs) go to Italy every year, I guess. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't don't know. Whatever it is people do when they, when they spend their lives together. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt.
1: No, go ahead, Gal.
3: I I was going to say overall, like this feels like such a specific portrait of a specific sect of people in New York because That I'm unfamiliar with, you know? Like, well, first of all, I'm just very unfamiliar with New York. Um, Raised in LA, not a big New York fan. Um, And Mm, so. Hot take.
2: (laughs) Shameful, really.
3: So this is. You know, this feels just very like, oh, this is the, a very kind of this is a significant population in New York, but this isn't like representative of all of New York. Even I know that uh, an foolish West Coaster. Um, but there but, you know, the, she kind of just makes these blanket statements about New York in general, as if it's this like monolith. And um, and my question to you guys is, uh, do New Yorkers really have breakfast at 7 a.m.?
2: That oh, That was pretty great. They got breakfast at seven and then we what was the thing after having breakfast at seven? Do you
1: remember? I, remember. I didn't take notes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the yeah, I guess the thing about breakfast the point of breakfast at seven is like everybody's gotta be at work.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. You Everyone's I mean? busy. like, everybody Everybody's leaves got a the house. Schedule Everyone's got and their
2: on the to tiger yeah. in this town. Yes, yeah. And everybody has to get on the subway and go to the office. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what that is conveying. And New York definitely does, compared to L.A., feel like a city where people have jobs. I mean, L.A. feels yeah. like. Absolutely, no one has a job. But then, do people do and it stuff? I felt that before... way when I moved there the, from the beginning, and then it, that never it hasn't went changed. Away. No, that feeling never went away. That it was like, so this coffee shop's just going to be full <laughs> at like eleven or yeah. two or you know three thirty. Like in you know, New York has like rush hours. Like everybody gets a bagel, then they go back to their desk. Then everybody gets lunch, then they go back to their desk. There's like different energy different times of and the then day. everybody gets yeah.
3: everybody does stuff before they have to be at work too like that seems like kind of the schedule too
2: oh well this is this isn't a conversation we should be having here jessica <laughs> Gal does not like to wake up and so and that is something i know about her personally
1: it's 11 a.m right now what time did you wake up today gal um uh, well,
3: no i'm a normal now i'm normal now no so
2: you get up at 8 30 or That's nine what yes you.
3: exactly
2: yeah I just never, you know, she wow. had to, in order, yeah. in order to grow, she had to give up her mute, her mutation in order. Do to
1: you still a party wow. into the two and three AMs?
2: Uh,
3: no, I usually like go to bed
1: by one. That's still shockingly late. That's shockingly
3: early oh, for that me. That was
2: definitely my, that was my, my schedule for sure. The same. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: I used to oh, be a wow. four or 5 AM person and then I'd wake up at noon every day. So that's
1: what I am, but that's when oh. I'm waking up.
2: At 4 or 5 a.m.? I don't m. like this about myself. Oh, yes. you- <laughs> Wait, you wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning? Yes. Oh, and Lord. so do you go to bed at like 8?
1: I do try to shut things down in the 8s and 9s. Wow. It's tough. But I'm in a pickleball league right now, not to brag, and they play at 7, 8, sometimes 9 p.m. on Monday nights. And every week I'm like, am I going to quit? Can I do this? Because to drive to West Hollywood at 8 p.m. on a Monday night is so her I don't know no one cares about this. I'm sorry <laughs> to us into this territory. Wait, this is what hey, I It's wa- really oh.
2: Jessica's fault.
1: Warmer, sunnier days are a-coming and you are probably working on those wellness goals for summer. I know I am and I am fueling up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. With 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, with Factor you will always have new flavors to explore and you know, when you support our sponsors, you support me and our show. So if you visit factormeals.com slash like 50 and use code like 50, you will get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription's active. So make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. You can stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And these are premium ingredients. I'm talking restaurant quality meals like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon. So head to factormeals.com like likemat50 and use code likemat50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code likemat50 at factormeals.com slash likemat50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, they say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To get your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is the app that's helping millions of Americans feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. Earnin empowers you to live life to the fullest by providing up to $100 a day of your pay within minutes of earning it. No mandatory fees and no credit check. You just watch your earnings tick up as you work. Access up to $750 per pay period. It's easy and free to get started. You just add your bank and employment info. They'll verify your paycheck. It's designed to support you in the short term and long term. So download Earnin today. That's e a r n i n in the google play or apple app store when you download the earn in app just type in just like matt under podcast when you sign up it'll really help the show that's just like matt under podcast earn in is a financial technology company not a bank subject to your available earnings daily max pay period max and location see earnin.com slash tos for details bank products are issued by evolve bank and trust member fdic
2: I reoriented know. the conversation I, I sure around did. Los Angeles sure She did. always will. Let's get back to New York, the only city in the world. And
1: this is what really struck me about the difference between where the, the show started and where it is now. And, and what it grew to in the real heyday of the show is that it became this story about how the real loves of your life are your friends. And it still is that in a way and, and just like that. But like that's not really there in this pilot. Her friends are great, but they're just sounding boards to talk about men. Yeah. yeah,
3: they're almost like case studies for her. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels, you know, yeah. she's, mm-hmm. she's as she says, a sexual anthropologist, and her friends are great case studies for her. Like, if I only, if I didn't know anything about the show and I just watched the pilot, like, that's that's what it feels like This show is. It's this sexual anthropologist who is using her friends to really study, like, human relationships and sexuality in 1998 New York for white people, you know?
2: It's also a lot of writing. Yeah, she like, does do a lot of writing. You know what I mean? Like it's no, but it's just a lot of uh, monologuing. Yeah. Like yeah. every there is so much voiceover and so much explanation in this show that I actually found myself, you know, I wanting more action, basically. Like I bet you if you add up as much freeze-frame talk over as there is these little vignettes, I bet they're like pretty neck and neck about how much screen time is like frozen. And that's when Miranda decided to take it uptown to figure Mm -hmm. out what did it, you know, the storybook nature of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, maybe that gets better as it goes on, but I, I, it it was a little hard not to follow, but you're just like, that's a lot of talking. Yeah. Like everybody has big speeches, Mm -hmm. you know, these guys, all those on the rock climbing wall, it's like, that's a page and a half of dialogue. Yeah, you know when
1: he's like, "What real? What every New York woman wants is Alec Baldwin."
2: <laughs> I know that gave me a, that scented shit. Ch- I was like, still,
1: yeah. I w- I
2: will say I did not realize um, how pivotal. I don't think Chris Noth has gotten enough credit for for what he brings to this show. I think sure. that he is a pivotal part of selling the fantasy of this show and that he is incredibly charming and is even more polished than sarah jessica at least in this pilot and it it he really is manhattan Mm -hmm. i didn't realize that it's like there's their manhattan and he's this other manhattan Mm -hmm. he's like prince charming obviously Mm -hmm. you know in his charity the next donald trump yeah, well, that was amazing. Like, He's the next, followed quickly by Ross, Ross Perot reference. <laughs> um, and you're just like, what? I, I wrote a whole list of like, they're like, oh, Linda Fiorentino in The Last Seduction. I was like, why do people do this? Why do people name check movies? <laughs> Unless it's going to be... A movie from like like Raiders of the Lost right. Ark or Star Wars. Like, do not name check contemporary films <laughs> when yeah. you're writing something. Did That's you know that?
1: His would his you have opinion. known the movie they were referencing? That Linda Fiorentino movie. Either yeah, I've you? seen it. You have. I, I didn't. Oh yeah. This is this. Linda is my Fiorentino
2: only had a very tight but sexy run in the early '90s. It was like the Last Seduction, like all the like four or five movies where she played this femme fatale. Um and then she was gone. Well, and then she did but, dogma, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how wonderful!
1: <laughs> this is my question for you, You're gal, probably a big about Kevin Mr. Big Smith
2: fan, gal. I was in high school. It's probably a close, probably a close personal oh. friend. Oh boy, <laughs> you guys love. Comics. He wishes. You guys, he wishes he had your Superman one.
3: Oh, boy. That's right. Oh, boy. All um, right. Let's, let's get back to <laughs> sex in the city. Gal, I, I, this is what that I have was a question DC, for you. That was
2: a DC reference. Oh, I'm you. paid by, I'm contractually obligated by DC <laughs> to talk about Batman and Wonder Woman on this podcast.
1: Gal, what, what is your impression? I mean, obviously, you've met Mr. Big in this, and you mm-hmm. saw him in the movie when he left yes. her at the altar, mm-hmm. yes, and they got yes. back together, but as a newbie- What's your sense of him, the larger mythology, the meaning of big? Do you know or can you predict what happens to him?
3: I I was I was really, really surprised that he was in the pilot. Like, because I knew that he was kind mm-hmm. of the recurring, like, you know, guy that she's supposed to be with, but couldn't make it work. And then of course having watched the movie, I knew that they got together. Um, but uh, I didn't realize this was a guy that had been seated in the pilot. Like I always assumed this was just like the most popular love interest that was like introduced at some point in like the second or third season. And then yeah. it just became a recurring storyline. So it was very surprising. It was shocking that he was I
2: there. actually thought the same thing. I again going back to like it made me think maybe I didn't ever watch the debut of the show that I just started watching it in the middle. You know, maybe middle of the first season or I don't know what. But I was shocked that he was in the pilot too. I thought that he came along as one of her dates and they were like, "Oh, this is working." I didn't yeah. know that he was like really a really important part of the fabric of the show. The White Whale. Mm-hmm. Oh, He's Moby right. Dick.
3: Although it was very weird like that Uh, he the way they got together in the pilot where he just drove up on the street, had his limo drive up on the street. They've never spoken to each other. I don't think they even like. I don't even know if he saw her at the club. So.
2: This pilot is Wait, telling me Did you not watch the first 20 minutes no, of No, no, no. But cute. Did, uh, yeah, but like so you're telling me but that meet cute and then he waves to her at the at the show. Did at he, the, did he, at he the wave the to her at the club? club. So Yeah,
1: that's why he doesn't want to go downstairs cute. with Samantha, because he's like, There's that girl I ran into yeah, and who had I all missed the condoms. The wave. In her purse. I missed
3: the wave. So he then learned- I was like, so this man just remembered this woman he who he whose no, condoms he no. picked up on the street a few days ago, saw her walking, like recognized her from like as a figure down the street from the back of his car and then was
2: like honk and pull up on that woman you, if you're gonna do this sort of thing, we're gonna have to revoke your WGA card. Well, That's and what also, we're say about well, okay,
3: fine. That's you can't all fine. just come I in here it. and fantasy. be mad about
2: something that didn't happen. But okay? then you have to deal with what happened. But then in there, but then their conversation in the car is bonkers. This was this was your moment where you became a middle-aged woman guy. I just saw it happen right before my very eyes. You started defending, like. A narrative that never happened, oh, and you're like, I already <laughs> felt that it happened in my body. We have to, we have to make it true. We now. Have to stick this is, this
3: it. is my impression, guys, and that She's conversation. She's the cynic, is and he says
2: to her, "But, but it is the inverse of the whatever thesis statement or supposition of this pilot, yes. which is." All men are dogs. Mm -hmm. Women have to be more like men. Women are too soft. If you want to be, if you want to survive in this town, you got to be a predator or you got to discard men and you have to treat them the way they treat women. And and New York is a cynics town where people wake up at 7 a.m. and have a black cup of coffee and then eat each other alive or whatever the show is saying. Mm -hmm. And he is the next Donald Trump, which God forbid, but he in that moment in 1998 means he's the guy that's going to be he's the most eligible bachelor. Yeah, he's movie, aspirational. Is what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. Yes. Uh, and then we get we catch him in this intimate moment, and I, by the way, I'm like, for anyone that hasn't seen this pilot, I'm way overselling the quality of this of this execution and this narrative. But <laughs> uh, and he says their chemistry's her, great, though. Incredible chemistry, and he says to and he could, I think, have chemistry with, and look, I know he has maybe, maybe not become problematic in recent years, but strictly on this performance, he could have chemistry with like a phone booth. You know what I yeah. mean? He, just, he is doing so much work to sell this Prince charmingness of mm-hmm. whatever, or, or doing very little work, whatever the case is. Um, but he basically says to her, oh, well, you've never been in love and that's the thing that pops the balloon of like all of her sexual anthropology. Mm-hmm. And in yeah. in many ways is what sets her up for the very rest of all of the seasons of all of everything ever, which is like if you if people can just if you can just admit to yourself that you're a romantic. Like if you can hold on to that, then you don't have to become a cynic. And that life as a woman in New York or whatever in your 30s is this battle between becoming a, a cynic and a romantic? And you've got Charlotte on one hand and Miranda on the other end of the spectrum, and that you know they're like the muses, the like Greek muses, and then Samantha, right, no. right down the middle, just present, step, you know, representing desire want id yeah whatever that is yeah
3: i mean the second half of that conversation and then of course the when she leaves the car and asks if he's ever been loved, and he's like absolutely like it's a it's a perfect like thesis statement for the show the first half of the mm-hmm. conversation in the car and how they get it's to that a challenge
2: point, she now has to make him yes. fall in love with her yeah and beat whoever came before before her. sure yes
3: the, but the first half of that conversation was cuckoo bananas i wish i had written what down. happens
2: in the first half i wish i'd written happened? it down but it was just very like... well gal what do you th- oh, what do you think gal? yeah let's yeah. hear your version <laughs> it was like she's like and then he says to her "Do you want to bite of this bagel and i was like what is he offering her a slice of pizza for at three yeah. o'clock in the morning it kind of I mean, it was, it it was like this very weird, oh. like, yes. 72nd and 3rd? Yeah. She, he says, can I give you a ride? She says 72nd and 3rd. I, th- I thought I she lived in the West Village. The Sex and the no. City apartment is on 10th Street.
1: It's on Perry Street, but she oh, Perry. doesn't. That But the, but Carrie always lived.
2: On the Upper West Side? That apartment
1: is meant to be on the Upper West Side. Okay. Okay. Although I don't remember it being that far north, but I th- I feel
2: like they did stick with that. So okay, sorry, Gal. What was the first half of the conversation? It
3: like it felt like they had jumped into the middle of a conversation when again these two people have never spoken to each other before. Like oh,
1: I know he got, the first thing he says is uh, what that are you is doing? True. <laughs> yeah, she's yes! like, it's I, I'm so like, what insane. A
3: weird
2: yeah. This is the first maybe thing he's ever a, said to him. Maybe they had a, I wonder if they had a scene that got cut out. It has to because yeah. it's so Like bonkers. a scene in the club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, it's too weird yes. if he talks to her in the club and Samantha hits on him. Yes. Cause it definitely. So like let Samantha yeah. hit on him and let them not talk in the club. Yeah.
3: Like this whole scene felt very much. That's very true. It, it felt very much. Cause even the way he drove up, the way she recognizes him, like it felt very much like they had some sort of quick, brief spark like before this and, you know, between this and the sidewalk condoms, like it felt like they had some sort of sparkling moment.
2: I don't think they needed to use Samantha the way that they did in this pilot. Like, I think that they really have, maybe this, I'm so curious if this is like the root of all of her complaint about, Mm. I don't know that much. I know obviously there's bad blood everywhere, but I don't know exactly why. And maybe it comes down to just like personality stuff, meaning like we're just never going to be friends like we're both good at what we do but we don't do things the same way like it could be that simple I don't know Matt will know of course but it it does feel like some other lady could hit on him and he could say no or nobody could hit on him Mm -hmm. and he could still see her at the end of the night and be like you know hey I was you know like that he was kind of waiting in the wings a little bit um and then she goes and sleeps with Charlotte's date too and you're just sort of like Yeah, they
1: do, Samantha, a little bit dirty here because, and and you are onto something because, you know, allegedly, yeah, there are just like the personality differences, those those kind of beefs and the money beefs, but there is also Kim Cattrall being upset about the way her character was going to be used in what was going to be the third movie, and it had to do with I think it was like Miranda's son sends her a dick pic or it was something that she was like, this is too far. Like give, give, give Samantha some dignity. And she, and that is an, that is a problem with this. Both of those things together are tough. Either she can hit on big and get rejected or she can sleep with Charlotte's date, you know, accidentally, but mm-hmm. both is really tough. I'm, Curious about the last shot of her after she goes home with this guy, and then he like Mm -hmm, you know drops mm -hmm. off the frame, and she kind of like tosses her hair and has this look on her face that I'm like I can't tell if we are meant to read this as like it's the emptiness of her being like oh god another one night or is it just horny pleasure? Yeah,
2: I think it's. I had the exact same question, and and I thought it felt like both things actually, which was like she feels she's espousing this whole big idea, but at the end of the day, she feels empty about, you know, like mm-hmm. she's chasing something else. That's personal, mm-hmm. whatever that yeah, is, yeah. needing to go home with people, whatever that is for her. Um, but then the sort of pleasure, the actual, just physical pleasure of the act takes over kind of thing. And she sort of pushes it out of her mind. Yeah. She kind of shakes it off. It Yeah. It's a pretty good performance though, weirdly for mm-hmm. a yeah. strange $10 pilot. Yeah. I. And is she more famous than Sarah Jessica when they start this?
1: No. Sarah Jessica was already, you know, what was it? Her square pegs and girls just want to have fun. And yeah, but LA she, story, I yeah, think, had already happened
2: mannequin. right now, oh, right? Yeah.
1: Kim Cattrall she was mannequin. Was
2: ma- she was mannequin. Mm-hmm. It's true. And
3: she was in Big Trouble in Little China, one of the greatest movies ever. Oh,
1: right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, I'm still... Holding out for a reconciliation uh, now, Chaffin. I'm but sure you, you are. Think they
2: ever got along? That's my question, no. though. Like, do you think that? Like, I, I, I don't mean I. I don't know anything about it. I'm still, I'm still caught up on the fact that Big makes two million dollars a year, and that Manolas are four hundred dollars. <laughs> I <laughs> do oh, no, remember not two billion. Sorry, Big doesn't make two million. The guy who went to see the the forty
3: million dollars. Tim, guy. right? Yeah, yeah. makes two million. million Oh, by a the way, year. Tim is forty two. Nineteen ninety eight age 42 was rough. Cause that like, cause when you look at that guy, you're like, Oh, like,
2: like that was he when was, like, everybody he was on a soap color. opera that I would occasionally watch after school. And I was like, Oh my God, that's that guy from as the world turns. And it, oh, you, you were a, uh, is yeah. that CBS or? It I wasn't it was one of my, person? it was like, if I was waiting for something else to come on, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. flip around kind of
1: thing. I was an NBC general, kid. General days hospital, of our lives, days of
2: our lives general uh, hospital. yeah,
1: Great. Yeah. So I'm sure Chaffin is at least like plugged into the conversation around, and just like that, whether you how oh, much regardless watched, of how much of it you watch. Oh, I
2: watched the first season, but I haven't watched the second season.
1: Okay. So and Gal, I watched
2: every minute of it.
1: Yeah. I, well, I did too. Um, yeah. <laughs> as you and know.
2: I'll, and I'll never have those minutes back.
1: <laughs> Gal, what do you what do you know about the show, and what do you Well, what do you know about the show from actually hearing it? What do you know about the show just from your own weird uh, now middle-aged lady instincts (laughs) to making up what happens? Gas.
2: How
3: what
1: chapter referred dare you both. to? How dare you both? You're you're younger than me, <laughs> I'm allowed to, <laughs> to
2: yes, speak. but only in years. Only I mean in she's that's right. She's, she's complaining about things that didn't happen. She's creating <laughs> narratives that, that's what I want. I wanted her everybody. to like yeah. Yeah.
1: create some narratives around it just like that. She's what gonna hit do someone, someone
3: with her happened? purse later. Well, tonight. I'm sorry if I'm analyzing the script as a professional screenwriter. No, you weren't. Gal. That's that is not what. This is what led to you revoking your WGA card. It's the implication of what is on screen, because then it creates this backstory that you you're that I can't help but be aware of. <laughs> okay, so uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I knew just. I, I think I feel like I knew a lot about the show because because I knew all the the four women and their personality types and their approaches to life. Um, But kind of watching this pilot and seeing like where it all began. um, One thing about the four women, four women that really struck me is like, I, like, I understand why Samantha's friends with Carrie. I understand why Miranda and Carrie are friends. I kind of don't understand why Charlotte is in this friend group. Like that's the only one where I'm like, where I can't imagine like how she and Carrie became friends and how she got incorporated in this friend group. And, How, like, how, you know what I mean? Like, she kind of felt like the odd member out to me.
2: I I think that's also one of the weird things about the show that bothered me when I watched it, even at the time, which was, it was totally unbelievable to me that they were all friends with each Mm -hmm. other. Yes. So it's like, because the whole thing is like, everyone's got everybody's back. If the whole, the, every episode is like, somebody's got an event uptown and someone's has got an event downtown mm-hmm. and they're having brunch and you got to go to this person's art opening and you got to go to this person's event and and everybody always shows up for everybody and there's a lot of strife. And even in Just Like That, Matt, still there, yeah. this idea that like these friends need to show up for each other and like whatever it means to be a lifelong friend as a woman, which my God, the pressure of that, you know? Um, But- I, I never understood a lot of the satellite. Uh, that always felt untrue to me. This, a lot of the satellite friendships, like why Miranda would show up for Scar, uh, Charlotte. Or, Charlotte you know? Yeah. Right, I mean that, right. that dynamic,
3: I truly don't under, like those two personalities are so opposite, but in a way that isn't like opposite. as a track is more like there are two ends of a spectrum that they, never yeah. want to meet in the middle, you know?
2: Well, you can understand why Charlotte, would be friends with Miranda, but you can't yes. really understand why Miranda would be friends with Charlotte. And
3: also mm-hmm. and if Carrie is kind of the the center of these friendships, you know, like like I don't even understand why Carrie and Charlotte are friends, you know. So it's 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 very it's weird.
1: Sacrilege what you're saying about <laughs> I mean Charlotte the, Charlotte's evolution That's into and far. just like that is so beautiful. Like what she You're right, Chaffin, it's a lot of it's a lot to live up to, the idea of being that kind of lifelong friend. But man, she
3: do do they in the show explain like how they each have become friends, like how they what their the origin of each of their friendships
2: are? I don't know if they yeah. explain how they ever met. Do they?
1: They do at some point, and I don't really remember it. And I think and, and then it's also the 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 um it gets a little muddled because then there was the prequel show Carrie Diaries, and they I think changed the uh are they like uh, the oh. rules? Oh. Yeah. Oh, why um, did
0: they- this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I think my favorite thing about being a podcaster and a comedian is I can just unload on people while I'm working. A video game makes me mad, break out angry at them. A heckler at a club gets under my skin, I give them both barrels and I let them have it. But everyone has their problems, and there's real life stuff that I can't scream at like a video game or a drunk audience member. And that's where therapy comes into play. A therapist is the best sounding board you can find. You can let them know what's keeping you up at night or weighing you down and work together to come up with a plan to deal with it. I've been talking to therapists for years, not about video games, but, well, not usually. And it's genuinely had a positive impact on my life. And I know, I hears ya. Adam, that sounds great, but who has the time? That's where better help comes in. Instead of driving across the city, looking for parking, waiting in that little room, and losing a couple hours of your day... BetterHelp brings therapy to you. Their sessions are 100% online. You open your therapist's schedule, pick a session that works best for you, and talk with someone over video, phone, or even just text. I've personally used BetterHelp in the past, and it was hella easy. I actually talked to my therapist while I was on vacation a couple years ago. It was awesome. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash game today. To get ten percent off your first month, that's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash remember the
2: Oh, did they make them like babysitter well, club?
1: Samantha friends? was in the show, so it was in, in that world. Samantha and Carrie were oh. friends when they were in their twenties. Oh, that's I weird. don't remember, but Charlotte's a perfect that. friend. That's that's, not that's the bottom line. Yeah. That's not no, canon. That's not no, canon. Not, Thank you. Yeah. Carrie Diaries is not looking canon. For.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. When, at this point in the show, they're they're in their mid thirties, late thirties.
1: I think so. I think early and Samantha's older. I think they must
2: be. Yeah. So this is um, 98. So that's what 25 years ago. Yeah, and And they're 55 now. Are they now? Yeah,
1: just like that. So she she makes some
2: joke about I had sex with them when I was 24. Mistake I made. Yeah, uh, with a guy who has, by the way, candy corn teeth. Yeah, her <laughs> the last time like, she had a mistake this was one 31. this one so i'm, I'm just, assuming so my, my guess 30. was she's 32 or something like that yes yeah.
1: yes and by that guy kurt harrington forgot all about him because see i'm always looking for people we can bring back for and just mm-hmm. like that original characters because mm-hmm. we've like kind of tapped out a little bit there uh and he's one of them like the fact that there was kind of already a Mr. Big when she met Mr. Big. This guy, Kurt Harrington, that we never heard of again, was somebody she had like multiple flings with. And he was the toxic guy she kept coming back to before she met the new toxic guy. By the way, Gow, I, I'm not a Mr. Big fan. And I don't know if you are available to have it spoiled for you what happens with with.
3: Oh, Carrie I
2: heard, I heard or all about like it. if you'd like to,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. yeah I heard all about yeah. it. We're and talking good riddance that, that he passes away. Is that what that's right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: right. And I was happy to see him go. Really? Yes.
2: What the, was and, it? I,
1: I I apologize the, the to listeners that have heard me say it so many times. The character or the actor? I didn't even get involved in the actor backstory. So I what was is already, it you hate
2: about him?
1: Well, I that was what it was interesting about watching this. You're an Aiden in the pilot. In the pilot, I did love him. And Uh for a long time, I wasn't an Aiden, but like now, in my older years, and Mm -hmm. you know, being with Carrie as long as I have, it's just a better life. Here's the thing that really killed me with Big in the end was the reason that he died. He's riding the peloton instead of going to Charlotte's daughter's piano recital Mm -hmm. with Carrie, and because they have been friends for thirty years. And these are like basically Carrie's godchildren. Obviously, she's going to Lily's piano recital, and 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 it was also treated as if like obviously he's not going. It was just, he represents. We all know these. Sorry to say it, but straight men, husband types, who mm. th- they're sort of like. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't need to show up for your friends. Like I mean, your 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 friends and their silly little social activities, and it's like actually, yeah, you do. Like those are, those, we, Carrie doesn't have a family. These th- that, that is her family.
2: That's a very good point.
1: And you know that she had to just accept that he that this was the husband that like didn't give a fuck about any of that. I was like Get Carrie
2: out of here. doesn't have a family because they never wrote her one, or because um, they never wrote her one. What do you think?
1: There's I asked Michael Patrick King about this, and he doesn't like to talk about it because he doesn't want to open that Pandora's box, but it's it's intentional that we never really learn who Carrie's parents are, does she have any siblings, any of that stuff. There's one passing reference to her mom and dad at one point, but you don't really learn anything.
3: But, but that mm-hmm. feels very much like the mythology of the New York transplant, you know, like this whole yeah. fantasy of New York. You go to that's New York. That's very true. Shed who you were, like your hometown, your home state doesn't matter. Like you're this new person and now you're a quote unquote New Yorker. Like that's like, every transplant story in New York, you know, and then they, and it's not, their life only exists within the bubble of New York now. And they weren't people before then.
2: Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's what, that was his explanation too.
3: So the reason I had asked uh, what their ages were was, so I assumed that they were in their mid thirties. I thought they were all probably like 30, between 35, 36 ish, you know? And, uh, Mm -hmm. and I was like, Being in your mid thirties and going to clubs, like, yeah, I, I would never, I want to sit at
2: home. Like, but it's a New York club. It's a different thing. And it's a New York life. You know, people still go out. I mean, it's honestly real housewives. It's the Regency like chaos Mm -hmm. is the Regency. It's the place where they know they're going to run into a certain kind of people. And, and they're all committedly single Mm -hmm. at this point. So. You know.
1: That's what you gotta, you gotta do. Go, Yeah, I guess
2: gotta this chase is pre, that tail somewhere. apps life.
1: When is the last time either yes, of you were in life. a club club?
2: Oh gosh. Um like on purpose or because there was yeah. like a premiere there?
1: Like on purpose. Well, hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess if you got if you got dragged there for something that counts. Um for me
2: only dragged, <laughs> Matt, I was starring. <laughs> <laughs> For me, only a couple of <laughs> only a
3: few years ago, and I spent the entire time seated.
2: Yeah. That's waiting right. to go waiting for them to turn the music down grandma oh
3: would have loved like headphones uh-huh. or something so noise canceling <laughs> yeah. headphones would have been wonderful
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is before they invented the two-way airpods where you can <laughs> listen to a podcast and still be aware when someone asks you if you want to drink yes mm-hmm.
3: absolutely and then just uh-huh. grouchily like drinking the bottle service alcohol that wouldn't that would normally not be my brand you know
2: yeah Bottle service, the world's greatest invention, the <laughs> oh biggest, my God. like the original scam. Yeah, that everybody literally, shocking. the emperor has no clothes, and people just they love it. Yeah, they love it.
1: I went to Vegas uh last summer with a few girlfriends that you guys know, and and yeah, and I was like, I was tasked with like the club night. We're gonna have one night where we go out to a gay club, and uh-huh. and I was like, well, we're clearly gonna need like like a VIP section, a bottle service. Like I can't have these ladies, like we're, we're no longer in our thirties. I can't have them waiting in line and mixing and mingling what with if, the regular yeah. What if June <laughs> Diane
2: twists an ankle?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to need somewhere I, to
2: sit. Not everybody, you know, some people were wearing kitten heels.
1: So I had to pre-order and pre-approve with all of them. I was like, guys, we're going to Bottle service is astronomically expensive, but like I think we all agree it's worth it. Like it's gonna be so crazy in there. Yeah. It's gonna be thousands of people and like we need so- some yeah, protection. That's what we need and we David's in- credit card.
2: We need David's credit card.
1: Exactly. We come in to- Not that all,
2: everyone in your group can't afford their own bottle service. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I just would These prefer girls, for David to pay for it. Yeah. Everybody would rather David pay for it. Everybody else is working hard out there for their bucks, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And we come into a bar with maybe 10 people. Very small. Very small. And there are some, <laughs> like, they're not even enclosed, off boost, but there there is a roped off a roped off oh, booth with all of sad. these bottles, very sad. We, and it was actually humiliating. We couldn't have been more on display. To yeah, it on was display, it was really there were more of us in this quote unquote VIP section than there mm. were in the entire right. Bar it's we the old to,
2: improv rule: Do you do a show? You have to do a show. There have to be as uh-huh. many people on stage as there are in the audience in order yeah. to do a show. Um, but it. But on the other hand, that club lived to be open another day because of your bottle service. That's right, yeah.
1: Yeah, you You're covered the rent that month. Uh, SJP, just an absolute star, then, now, always, really mm-hmm. struck by just her her beauty and her her power, even then.
2: And her lack of highlights in yeah. the pilot. Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: Um, a lot of saxophone in this episode. So much um, saxophone. So much saxophone and so much slow bo And
2: and mist machines on the, in the meatpacking mm. on the uh, on the cobblestones of the meatpacking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of
3: indoor smoking
1: that era too.
2: Yes, it's such
3: it's so I do love how nineteen ninety eight it is. It was very very fun to like visit mm-hmm. nineteen ninety eight.
1: Oh, I was smoking in every club in New York in 1998. Did have braces at the time. (laughs) Smoking with braces in my mouth. That's incredible.
2: (laughs) Did you ever get tobacco caught under a- you know.
1: Oh, I'm sure I did. Yeah. I was What do they call the
2: uh, things that hold braces on? I can't remember. I don't know. Like the pegs that hold a brace on, but anyway.
1: Yeah, and I got the clear Were they ones because I thought that'll uh-huh. make it less yeah. obvious. No know. But then they no get stained know. if you drink coffee and, and smoke yeah. cigarettes. It was disgusting. Yeah. Um <laughs> Chaffin, I'm so I'm in no way trying to you know, trick you into doing a rana voice, but I you, I'm just do curious do you, how you doesn't would take much. I, I just am dying to know how you would describe even her take on sex in the city.
2: Rana's take on sex in the city. Yeah. It's a good question. Actually, She's
1: probably, well, I guess, I mean, she's ages. I don't want to shock, shock
2: everyone into knowing that I don't immediately know everything that there are, there are moments where people say, what do you think Rana would think about this? And I'm like, Hmm. I, I just question. assumed
1: it had come up that, that people have been uh, squawking about it.
2: Well, um, Rana has Rana. talked about and just like that a little bit and talked about you know because she likes to talk about what's happening. You mm. know, Rana's and was secret, she a fan? B- secret being that somehow she's you know old, an older woman, but very plugged into what's happening oh, very. now, and yeah. that's why she has so many young friends like Jessica Gao,
3: mm-hmm. even though Jessica um, Gao acts you, older course. than her.
2: Right. Well, that's why that they maybe work. is the secret. It's the yin and the yang of the relationship. <laughs> I think that there is a, you got to hand it to the show. It's not that whatever happens culturally around the show, meaning it's of its era, et cetera, et cetera, has kind of nothing to do with the show, meaning that that's just the time that the show was written in. And so you are the, that people were living in. You know, you can't be like, "Oh my god, it's so dated." Da, 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 da. It's like, that is what the time that the show was written in. And I think you do have to hand it to the show because I do think for better or worse, it gave a whole generation of women of women a little bit of like of wind beneath their sails about their independence and their ability to live a certain life and choice. And I think that that is more obvious probably outside of New York than it is in New York. And it is why shows that take place in New York, I think, are appealing to other people, and why literally every woman on The Real Housewives liter- you mean, like you can draw a straight line from the types of sex yeah. in the city to the characters on real Housewives, and you realize, oh my gosh, these people are just actually living out their fantasy, like, Erica Jane just thinks she's Samantha. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Kyle, for sure, like, feels like she missed the casting call for sex. You know, like, I mean, in her mind where she was like, did you know I got close on Charlotte? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure she's had that conversation. And so in that sense, it is a really feminist and liberating exercise in some way. But I just think that it was like, this is another way to do it. And here's an example. And the men in my life are just going to have to like sit up and take it. And I think that that was a culturally important shift for a lot of, a lot of women who didn't know that that was like, that there was like another, a third path. Or just one
3: that was spoken so directly, you know, wasn't like, uh, you know. Say what you
2: want. Yeah, exactly. Don't take what you don't want. (laughs) You don't have to. You can if you want. And also I think maybe um, the relate, the show actually has a, Maybe this is just like a personal thing, but the show has an interesting relationship with shame, um, which is that it doesn't make you, there is no shame to way that, the way that people behave. There is like sometimes regret or remorse or, but they always get a chance pretty much to make it right. Carrie will struggle over an episode or two about like fixing something that she maybe feels like she didn't do quite right in her life, either by her friends or her choices or whatever. But, but I think that, I don't think women are ever shamed on this show for doing exactly what they want to do. And I think that yeah. that is, is very liberating. Am I misremembering?
1: Well said, not at all. <laughs> Probably. My last question
2: for you. Bro, is, I pulled a um, real gal. That was real. That was how to. That was how to gal. Is what that was. Just say whatever you want. Don't even and and text while you're watching the show.
1: <laughs> That's how to gal, baby. <laughs>
2: Just do, just transfer your bank transfers around while you're watching the show, and buy <laughs> a new purse, a new purse on rebag while you're watching the show.
1: <laughs> yes, fine, finance
3: criminal Gal, that's how
1: she does it. <laughs> I am obsessed with both of you, the Jessicas Chaffin and Gal. Thank you so much for being here. Your cameras and sound went off just in time for the end of the show. I have no idea if you can still hear me, but- We can. What? I, oh, no. Oh, you can. Uh, it's but totally I, don't, I can't us. see you anymore. It's totally normal. Oh, good. Right? Okay, we okay see well, you that's all fine. that matters. Yeah. Great, great. Um, <laughs> well, I see you, and most importantly, I feel you. And uh, just uh, very grateful for your time.
2: Thank you so much for reuniting us. Yes. We've been in a, we haven't spoken and we've had a feud. For yeah. Last, she knows what she doing. We're the did. real Kim Cattrall and the real, <laughs> the real That's SJP right. here. We're
1: doing a whole do we other have podcast to choose, about this. Fear. Do we have
2: to choose Sarah Jessica because she has Jessica in her name? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, uh. I th- at least partially, we have to give her an we extra have to side point. Like with her, like if
3: whatever, yeah. whatever the pros and cons. If it's fifty-fifty, the
2: point goes to SJB. Yes, yeah. of course, of
3: course.
1: What if yeah. both of you were named Kim? Oh, Kim, Kim Chapman. They don't name people Kim, Kim anymore, do
2: they? <laughs> Except for Kimberly Akimbo. That's the only person they name Kim now, right?
1: <laughs> yeah are there Are there babies named? Kim? Imagine your friend Kim. has a baby, and they're like, "This is Kimberly." It's horrible. <laughs> Wow.
2: Horrible. Meet my daughter Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> I met a woman the other day who I loved, and her name was Jody. And I was like, "They don't do that anymore. There is no more wow. Jody.
1: There is yeah. no more Jody." I don't know. No. Jody Comer um, pretty
3: young, like you know, wasn't that long. Ago Jody who? Comer? Huh.
2: Oh, but she's English. That's another thing. <laughs>
3: mm. oh, oh, we're talking about and exclusively she's, American so Jodies.
2: And she's J O D I E.
3: Oh boy! Oh, Yeah, boy. that's very somehow. Chic.
2: That's di- somehow. That's I do different. love I you know. know. I,
3: I will say I do love a male Jody.
2: It completely
3: it's very it, yes, yeah. it completely it's changes very the name. Country. It com- like a female uh-huh. Jody and a male Jody are two very mm-hmm. different types of people. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. True. Um,
3: uh, back to. I'm this... so glad
2: we got. I'm so glad that we got that in at the end. Though, that was <laughs> Yes. But, but okay. Fine. <laughs> Finally, we were able to push our agenda. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but to close out this <laughs> podcast, I will say this. Did make me go, you know what? Maybe I'll watch the show now. Like after watching that pilot, I was oh, wow. like, I would watch more. Then my work here is one- done. Yeah.
2: It made me wonder if I was gonna watch the next one to see like how it developed and where it went a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, if you do, I hope yeah. you'll come back and talk about it because what use no, is don't. doing anything <laughs> if you don't create content out of it? Yeah.
2: Matt, I'm more than familiar with how hard it is to book guests on a podcast, okay? <laughs> I I tell everybody they can come back after after they're on too, but I was only never I know told the day, that I could the day back. will come. where the day will come where I'll be desperate. <laughs> It'll be April yeah. 11th, and I'll need somebody for April 17th. You know, I know. How and it, by the way, I'll, I'll be, be there. Is. Um, I would love to have both of you back on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And that's our show. Please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at and Just Like Matt Pod. And Just Like Matt is a World of Wonder production, created and hosted by me, Matt McConkey. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walinski, and our audio engineer is Justin Matson. Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World
2: of Wonder.